Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Woodzik. This is episode 50 with Kate Yeager. Kate is a talented improviser, comedic actress, and teacher, and director, and it was so wonderful to sit down and chat with her about her journey, the projects she's working on, and co-hosting the Gregory Awards, which are Monday, October 26th at McCall Hall. If you're listening to this before Monday the 26th, that means you can still get some tickets. You can visit gregoryawards.org. We'll have the link in the episode description. And if you wait till the very end, which of course you're going to because you're going to listen to the whole episode, Kate improvises a song about the podcast and it is awesome. So please enjoy episode 50 with Kate Yeager. to have the amazing, badass comedian, Kate Yeager, on the podcast. Welcome. Why, thank you. So we first met about six years ago. We were just doing the math at a Matcha Monkey cabaret at the rendezvous. I think you were hosting, and Brett Fetzer, I volunteered to help him pull strips of paper that had random (laughs) sentences on them out of a hat, and he... Did some sort of live performance piece. And, and I'm sure uh, it was amazing because he's Brett Fetzer. Of course, he's Brett Fetzer. He's a, he's a unicorn of a man, I kind of think. <laughs> I love that. I hope you're listening, Brett. Or maybe you will, or maybe you won't, but you heard it here first. <laughs> Brett Fetzer's a unicorn. Uh, so, hey, Kate, you're hosting, co-hosting the Gregory Awards. Oh my gosh, that's totally right. Why don't we talk about that? Let's do that. So, first of all, you are a Gregory Award winner. Oh, I, but yes, I am. Last year, Best Supporting Actress in a Musical for Les Mis. For Les Mis. Saw okay. that you were fantastic. Thank you. So, maybe tell us a little bit about how that process was, like, getting nominated and winning, <laughs> and then... What audiences have to look forward to this year as you co-host? Fantastic! Um, I last year was very surreal. I had gone to several um, Gregory Awards in the past, um, but always just as an audience uh, member, and by that I mean a drunk audience member, um, <laughs> just reveling in the community. Um, because I've always really enjoyed. Uh, I think I went to the very first ones that happened. I believe they were Act. Um, or maybe that was the second year, uh, but I was one of those things where I was like, an award show, I don't know, and then I went, and it was just such a big love fest of, like, everybody in the community, and I was like, oh my god, I love this, because it was just sort of like, um, uh, a very fun high school reunion in terms of just seeing everybody, uh, dressed to the nines, and, There's you know, a red carpet. There's a red carpet, and, you know, um... And so getting nominated last year was very surreal. Um, I think that... Uh, Did you get a call? Like, what's... Because I feel like yeah, with, like, Mindy I, Kaling and all those folks, it's <laughs> like, this is the story of how I found out I was nominated. I got um, Shane Regan... Shoot, excuse me. Shane Regan! There's an exclamation part. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, tried to call, like, was calling me, and I was at work, or, like, directing something. Like, Shane, leave me alone. God. And I was like, what is happening? Because I didn't realize that that was the day, because um, they like to let you know before the general public knows. Right. So I know sometimes they will call, sometimes they will email somebody. Um, this year I got an email, because um, uh, I am... Two-time nominee. Oh, that's a weird thing. 
That makes me feel funny. Um, but so this year I got an email, but I think that first year Shane was like, I'm going to call you. Um, so yeah, I finally got a hold of him and, and that was just the most bizarre little call. Uh, and then they published it online and then the calls and the texts and and melted. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so popular. (laughs) Um, so yeah. And I went and I was very much like, I don't know what will happen because it was like an amazing category because you know it's all of these amazing character actresses and beautiful people and you know freaking amazing um actresses and uh so yeah the whole thing was very very surreal um and when they called my name I kind of had that moment of like I was so worried that I would do that thing where they would call somebody else's name and, and would I would stand, stand up, up. <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Shelly went with me and she I looked at her and she was like no, yes, that was you. You need to, you need to stand up. I was like, okay. Um, so yeah, it was just, and then I just rambled up there for a while. Um, and yeah, it was fantastic. It was really fun. Uh, and so this year when I got the call, um, from Karen that they wanted to know if I would co-host, uh, I was, uh, very taken aback, but also very honored. Um, and I'm co-hosting with the amazing Obama Roger, which is stupid because she is amazing. Um, and if you don't know her, you should, um, she's actually right now in tech and previews for Mr. Burns at ACT. So she is excellent. I'm sorry. You think you meant excellent. Excellent. Thank you for correcting me. (laughs) So yeah, so it's going to be, um, it's going to be really fun. Uh, we're trying to revamp it just a little bit this year because we're at McCall Hall, which is fancy, ridiculous and huge. How, how big is that venue? I think it seats a billion. Yeah. Right. That sounds sounds accurate. No, I think it seats, uh, I don't know, like a thousand or more, more. Um, I don't think we're going to fill it um, just because there, I don't think there's that many actors in this town, even though it feels like it sometimes. Um, But that's a good, it's a good thing to, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, the day that it drops, you still have time to buy your tickets for the Gregory Awards. For tickets. And if you're a TPS member, you should have gotten like a code for like discount tickets, tickets, which I think is still available. And if it's not, then I didn't know that, so you can't be mad at me. But people can visit, is it thegregoryawards.org? Um, I'll look that up. We're going to look that yeah, up But you right can also now, look folks. up the Gregory Awards, um, has a Facebook page, which will tell you um, all sorts of things that you need to know. Um, and they so, do such a great job with, 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 when they announce things, the graphics, you know, the action shot of the actor or the designer, and then little Gregory Awards crest at the bottom. I so love that. It gets, um, it gets fancier and fancier every year. Like my, when I got my award too, I was like, what? It's like made of glass. <laughs> it looks like, and it's like all geometric. Where is, we're it's, at your house right now. It's proudly displayed it, on your mantle. It is proudly displayed on the mantle. Um, <laughs> Which is, you know, again, makes me feel a little weird, but it's just because uh, uh, I get embarrassed about things yeah. like that. Um, I just have to say, the viewers at home can't see this, but my dog, Coco, just climbed Katie like a mountain. Uh, <laughs> and it was very funny. Uh, Hi, Coco. So Special yes. guest, Coco. Coco. Coco Jaeger. His little ears just pricked up. Coco, speak. No. No. <laughs> He, he doesn't. He only does that for scale. So, oh, yeah, you gotta pay. <laughs> we have to have an equity waiver for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not equity, but he is. It's so weird. That that must that must have a contentious create a little bit of a contentious owner dog relationship. Yeah. So he just thinks he's better than me all the time. So strange. 
so yeah, so that's the the great. So Bama and I have been working really hard on crafting um, an opening number, and <gasps> there's gonna be an open. Sorry, so like when I explain to people, like I could not. I'm I'm so glad if you like the Seahawks, that's great. I will watch it with you. But for me, the Tonys are my Super Bowl. Oh, hell yes. I mean, the Super Bowl is also my Super Bowl, but I also love me the Tonys. So, yeah, like, I'm that weird girl who's, like, in the middle. Well, not in this town, though. That's what's so weird, is there's so many people who are, like, yay uh, sports and also yay theater. I actually have a fantasy football team that's called I'm in the Equity Bowl. Um, and it's a mixture that's amazing. of... Yeah, it's a mixture. So my team name is called the Jazz Hands. Uh, and our, um, logo is Liza Minnelli. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I am losing very badly this year. But yes, the Tonys are So like, like there, there's like, your dog's about to fall off my lap, and I think he does something <laughs> Like the butt is sliding <laughs> gradually. There he goes. Um, so you were talking about the opening number. Yeah. So where do you start in, in creating an opening number for an awards show such as this? <laughs> well, we have a, um, a... Uh, the uh, leader of the band, as it were, I'm going to probably slaughter his last name, which is terrible, uh, Michael Oucheruk, um, and it's probably, I'm totally slaughtering that, who I know through 1448. He um, is oftentimes in charge of the 1448 band um, and works a lot with um, theaters in town. The last time I worked with him was... Um, 1448 mixtape. He was uh, one of the band leaders. Um, awesome. He's very multi-talented. Um, super cute. I don't want to talk about that. Um, but so... Feel free to set me up. <laughs> like, that would be fine. I'm single. So we, um, we, Bama and I got together and we got Michael on the phone because he was uh, in New York, as you do. And uh, we just started talking about, like, what the tone of the opening needed to be. And I'm not going to give anything away. But we did need to make sure that it was, um, like, it's in such a huge, beautiful space this time. So we needed to make sure that whatever musical number happens. And I think that the opening musical numbers have always been one of my favorite parts of um, of the awards. Um, in the past, uh, I know Rich Gray has uh, done a lot of the opening numbers, and he's just so talented and so wonderful. Last year, he and Eric Ancrum did this ridiculously amazing um <laughs> rap uh sort of hip hop uh Seattle theater love letter um with lots of uh dancers um there will not be me dancing this year. Um <laughs> I don't mean to I don't mean to laugh. No you should you were okay. showing me your uh badass uh surgery scars so yeah. Yes I am <laughs> about uh seven weeks out of having knee surgery. So the Gregories will actually be my sort of triumphant return back out into political society. To the society. stage! Yes. Welcome to the stage. It just, it makes me think of the, have you ever seen the, the Saturday Night Live sketch when Kristen Wiig is playing Liza Minnelli? And it's the, it's with Jonah Hill and the entire, it's Liza Minnelli tries to turn oh on a lamp. Oh my god, yes. And Jonah Hill's just sitting on the couch and she's like, I can't do it! Where's the switch? <laughs> She did another one, which was Anne Margaret tries to throw something away, which was no. also okay. I'm gonna have to friggin' brilliant. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. So yeah, we just started like throwing ideas back and forth on email, and then uh, Bama actually had this amazing idea, and we were all like, "That yes," and so we've been um, writing ever since. There will be some um, parody lyrics to some music that you may know. Yes. 
Yeah. So, um, I can tell you this much. Uh, we're going to tell the story of the life of a Seattle actor. That's all I will say. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, because I am going to be in rehearsal that night, <laughs> is it going to be video? Like, the, can I see the opening number at That's a later a great time? Question. I don't know. Um, but I. But if not, I'm going to call you and I'm going to be like, describe it to me in detail what <laughs> happened. I'll just, yeah, I'll just do a little private concert for you over the Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're trying to keep it tight. Um, and cause you know, it's like such a big space and every year more awards are added. So, you know, we're going to try to, Bama and I are just going to try to keep the, the ball rolling and, you know. So do you present all of them? It's not like the Oscars and the Emmys where there's different people presenting different awards. There will actually be people presenting the awards. Our, awesome. Yeah. Our job is just to keep the night, um, smoothly rolling and introducing presenters and, and all of that good stuff. Um. So yeah, it should be pretty epically amazing. We were also talking about you're getting a dress custom design for you. What? I know. I'm so excited. Do you have, I mean, can you give us a, a who is designing it and can you give us any idea of what I you look can. like? I can't. Uh, she's actually a local actor, uh, but also is a costume designer, Rachel Wilkie, who is uh, phenomenally um, talented. She actually made uh, my dress for the role of Ethel Merman, the one that I'm... Um, nominated for this year and she made me like the script called for me to be in a muumuu and she went to Troy the director and was like we can't put her in a muumuu like she needs to be fabulous and to his credit he was like yeah she needs to be fabulous because it was like supposed to be this cocktail party anyway right right um with of course Judy Garland because why not um and so she made me this like absolutely drop dead gorgeous dress um and she contacted me and she's like, I think we should make you a fantastic dress. So we, yeah, we went, um, we went fabric shopping the other day, which was very exciting. And so there's going to be some lace involved and some, um, cleavage, which should not surprise anyone. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be, it's going to be really, um, classic. So props to her because one of my, and this is not directly Gregory Awards related, but, uh, I have been fat shamed by so many customers. Oh my god, right? I don't know if you've had that experience oh, as well. Oh, so much so. I had a customer earlier this year throw her hands up and say, I just don't know. I just don't know what I'm going to do. And again, I've done this before, but mad props to Hannah Schnabel who <sighs> yes. jumped in. God love her. Pulled together four different Victorian costumes within a week. Like... It can be done, people. It can be done. No, I've absolutely had that experience um, where I've, you know, sort of had walked in and had them sigh very heavily, or I've been asked to wear, like, corseting material that has nothing to do with the time period of the show. It's just that they can't be creative with what they're putting me in. And it wasn't until recently that I realized, like, oh, wait, I can look amazing on stage. And it... Absolutely. And it was due to um, several different costumers in town just being like, no, we're going to make this for you and we're going to accent what you have. And um, Rachel especially has been really great about that. Like she uh, just came in and she was like, I'm going to make you this dress and you're going to look amazing. And I was like, I'm really hard to fit. You know, she's like, shut up. (laughs) So yes. Because that becomes the narrative then. Yeah. Yeah. We have enough shit to worry about with like belting and being amazing and comedic and all that. There's so many times, uh, especially when I've done, you know, more, uh, fringe theater, um, where there isn't somebody who can build you something 
you know, right. amazing, where it's just easier for me to say to the costumer, I'll just, this is what I have in my closet, do you just want me to bring it in? Because I've been burnt so same. many times yeah, before, same. you know, I, um, I won't say her name, but I, uh, another actress who I, uh, is, is, um, a wonderfully buxom actress in town was recalling to me, um, having a costumer bring in a size medium shirt to her and be like, I should I just make it work. And it was just like, I, what? No, why? 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 Um, so yeah, like, thank God for Rachel. Thank yeah. God for Hannah. And like, you know, so many amazing costumers. Like I, just, I like, felt so beautiful in Les Mis. Like they right. made me these like, you know, bone in gorgeous, you know, stuff. Um, this summer when I was touring with, um, with, uh, wouldn't know with as you like it, Kelly McDonald, like she was just like all about like, I'm going to custom order you this corset. That's going to make you look fantastic, which totally, you know, and it was corset for a purpose, not corset for a, we are shameful of you. It was a corset as a, you wear this on the outside to be hell's a hot. Um, I think it's starting to change it, which is really, really good. good. I like, yeah, I'm glad that we, we went on this thread for a little bit because I just like to celebrate the costumers that are obviously successful at, at costuming a diverse, you know, diversity yeah. of bodies. And yeah. I love you so much and yeah. thank you for doing it. And Shout out to SC2 too. Both ladies are Yes. Nice. Yeah. And other costumers take note. <laughs> Costume the body of the actor that's cast, not the body of the actor that you want you had to in cast. your brain. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to the Gregory Awards. <laughs> this is like the funniest podcast ever already. Um, Gregory Awards. Okay, okay. Uh, talked about the dress. Yeah, super excited. Talked about the co-host. Um, what What else are you really looking forward to? Or can audience members be excited about? Um, I think that, I mean, I just think that this year... Uh, it's just all about celebration again. And I, and I think that that's the, let's, let's, let's address it. Like award shows, like can sometimes be like a divisive issue. Cause some people right. are like, Oh, I am against them, you know, on general principle. And I understand that point of view. Like they are weird, right? Like it's weird as a, as somebody who won, I was like, what makes me more special than these other people? Um, but I think I try to look at them as the celebration that they are, that it's a chance for us to get together once a year and to just be like, we are awesome and we as a community are so important. And I think that in the last several years, especially what I have loved is that these awards haven't been about like, oh, well, we all know that the big awards are only going to go to the equity houses. Like the fact that, you know, Annex has won theater of the year, that sound theater company has won, you know, that this year there's, um, you know, equity actors nominated alongside non-equity actors. I just, I feel like, uh, as a community, we've done such a great job of, uh, of trying to embrace how diverse our, our theater community is. And whenever people say to me like, Ooh, why don't you move to New York or LA? It's because they don't have this kind of community there. You know, when I, my friends who live in New York or, or LA, um, when they talk about Seattle, they talk about the one thing that they miss the most is just the amount of work that gets done here and that there are audiences for it. And that if you want to produce your own stuff, you produce your own stuff. And if you want to be an equity actor, it's, can be hard to make a living. That's why I haven't gone yet. But there are amazing equity houses in this in this um, 
town. Uh, if you want to be passionate and, you know, not be equity, um, you can absolutely work consistently and do, and be sure that you're doing great work. I mean, that's the thing is that, um, the one thing that I said last year during my awards acceptance thing, your acceptance my speech, speech. <laughs> actually weird. um, <laughs> But I encouraged everybody to go see each other's shit, right? Because some of the most amazing stuff that you will see um, is in the basement of, you know, uh, 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 you know, in the basement in Ballard or up in the like third floor at Annex or drive out to Issaquah or Everett and go to Village, um, you know, go, go see like the big productions and be amazed at how they can still touch your heart and go see the shows that have absolutely no budget and just be blown away by how much they can accomplish. And of course my own personal thing, go see some damn improv because it's some of the best theater in town. Um, you will see these amazing performances, you know, plays being written before your very eyes. Like we are such a unique and amazing community in that we can support all those different kinds of theater. Right. And I've been very happy that that has been seen in, um, in the Gregory's, uh, more or less, you know, that there has been, um, an embrace of both the smaller houses and the large houses. And I just think that's awesome. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you guys were a really awesome community. We're so great. Let's just keep talking for another half an hour about how amazing we are. And when we get together and we drink and we and we party because we celebrate ourselves and we all look real pretty, like, I'm into it. Like, I don't know who I'll wake up with the next morning. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay because my husband is in the other room. He didn't hear that. Everything's fine. (laughs) I'm not going to cut that out, though. Let's get into the origin story. Oh, shit. Your origin story. Is there, like, a (laughs) moment, like, as you were a child where you, I don't know, were at school and you got a laugh from the class or, like, where did did all of your talent come from? Damn it. Lured. It was uh, a night like any other. Yes. (laughs) There was a star in the sky, eastern sky. Um, No, I'm not Jesus. It got Um, really biblical really fast. Um, I can actually, I actually thought about this once before. Um, I can trace it sort of to being in elementary school and a production of Oliver came to our school. And then, like, now that I think about it, it was probably, like, high schoolers doing it. Like, it wasn't. And... The irony is not lost on me that that the moment was um, when um, Nancy, is that her name? Yes. Um, dies. And we were all crying. And I thought, I want to, I want to, I want to make people feel things. Uh, I want to do that. So the fact that I am now primarily known as comedic actress is not lost on me. But, um, but there was just this moment where I was just like, oh, you can make people feel things. And I want to do that. Um, and I, I, I always was like that. There's actually a playwright here in town, Joy McCullough Carranza, who's, uh, Ooh, I burped. Oh, that's so embarrassing. That's okay. I'm drinking soda. I'll try to, so much I'll try to get, I'll try to get a burp. Yeah. As well. Joy, so that you had, feel less. Joy, that had nothing to do with you. Um, but she, um, 
she and I actually grew up together in California, um, and we were childhood friends, and we used to do this thing where we would um, go into other rooms with a brown paper bag, and we would fill them with stuff, exchange them, and then have uh, like 10 to 15 minutes to create a play based on what was in the bag that we would then perform for the other person. Um, and so it's always been like a part of my life, like... We used to have a house when I was growing up that had, um, the guest bedroom had, um, these doors that opened out, um, and you could look down into the, into the living room for some reason, like a balcony. Okay. And I used to go up there and full on Evita, um, or my favorite Tammy Faye Baker and I, <laughs> I would cry a lot. Um, and I just had parents who were really supportive of that. Like they never once were like, you need to you need to major in something real or like get your heads up. You know, like they never once ever talked about like the hobby that I had. Like it was always like, this is your craft. And you know, they, they so encouraged it. And so I never thought, saw it as something that was bad. Like it's something that I always knew that I would do. And so when I graduated from college, I was like, great. So now what do you do? And so I went and I did an internship with a tiny little theater company. Where did you um, go to school? I went to school at Whitworth. Uh, Whitworth? Whitworth, which is in Spokane, Washington, uh, which has a great, great, it's a small school, but has this amazing um, theater uh, department. And I did Shakespeare and I did Brecht. And uh, ironically, I did do musicals, but I was so frightened of my voice in college. I sang all through high school, and then in college, I just got scared. And I was in two musicals in college, and they had to turn my singing parts into speaking lines because I was so scared that I was unable to do it. Wow. And it wasn't until I started doing improv in college, and we started doing musical improv, and there was no right or wrong answer, that I was like, okay, I can, I can, I can do this again. And then it wasn't until I turned 30 <laughs> that I said, I'm going to start auditioning for musicals in Seattle. Um, really? Yeah. Like I had to go through a whole like thing where I rediscovered my voice and like learned that I had one. Um, but yeah, I just, being a teaching artist was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, because I learned that I could work in my field consistently. So those times when the roles are not there, because let's face it, there are years that are better. Some years are better than others. Um, rather than being like, I will never work again. I know that I can go teach, um, you know, theater or teach improv. I, I do a lot of directing, um, diversify my friends. That's what I'm saying. Diversify. Diversify. Like find something else that you can do, um, so that you can diversify. Um, and yeah, so I've been able to like be consistently working in my field in some way or another um, since graduating college, which is ridiculous. Congratulations. Thanks. That's epic. Yeah. It's, it took me probably 10 years to craft the career that I wanted in terms of like being able to establish myself as a teaching artist and a director who also then wasn't pigeonholed so much that I wasn't remembered as an actor. Cause that's the fear, right? The fear is like, if you direct too much or you teach too much that people will be like, Oh, that's what that person does now. But I feel like there's a lot of people in this town who, who do that really well, who are able to, um, to find different sides of the aisle, right. you know, be a costumer, but also be an actor, um, be Eric and Crumb who can do whatever. 
God, that's annoying. American um, idiot. Holy, holy okay, shit. Okay, so sad. I didn't get to see it because of my knee surgery. Because okay. even as I was starting to be able to slowly leave the house, every person I talked to, because my knee was in a large brace that had to stick out, was like, Oh yeah, there was no way you could have you seen that You will show. not be safe. Um, so to all of my friends, which was everyone, I'm so sorry. Um, but I've gotten blow by blows from everyone. Um, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Was, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> one of my big sadnesses um, with my knee surgery timing. Oh, it's fine. It's whatever. Cool. Thanks for bringing that up. Anyway. God damn it. But, okay. Talking about building a career for yourself, did you move right to Seattle after? I didn't. Um, I worked, um, so I went to Alabama for a year, which was thing that happened. Um, I learned a lot though. Um, I worked with this small company that doesn't exist anymore and I was an intern, but the director was, the artistic director was just so great at being like, I think that you have skill as a director. Would you like to direct this show? Or, you know, like, and I taught the whole time I was there. Like I learned so much about being, um, a teacher through him and directing and producing. Like I learned so many different sides working for a small company where, there was really just three of us who had to do everything. You know, I did marketing. I learned how to f- use publisher, you know, like I, uh, I just had such a great experience. And then I came back for a year to Spokane and I actually did, um, some adjunct work at my alma mater, which was awesome. Um, and then I moved to gig Harbor for a couple of years, uh, to work for a theater company. Uh, you know, and then eventually made my way to Seattle because I, I knew that this is where I wanted to be. Um, sidebar, I came here on vacation when I was like 11 or 12 and I walked out of the car and said to my parents, I will live here someday. And I'm a woman of my word because it felt like home the first time I ever got here. I have a weird story like that too. I remember being in Sunday school when I was like seven or eight and playing Geo Safari. Do you remember Geo Safari? Oh my God. And it was the state, it was state capitals or something, but it was the map of the United States. And I remember, like, when the answer was Washington, I was like, oh, yes, to myself, not to anyone else. Oh, yes, I will live there someday. Like, and how, I mean. Weird, right? What? Yes, but we both, we both, uh, we both made that happen. Yeah. What was your first, like, breakout role when you got to Seattle? Oh, jeez. So I worked, um. I worked a lot with live girls when I first came to town and I can definitely like give them so much props and, and, and love for helping me. Like they, uh, that was when I first started hosting. I would host the live girls cabaret and I had never hosted before. And now that's like a thing I do. Like people hire me to go and post things. I'm hosting the Gregory's like, (laughs) you know, and when they first asked me, I was like, I can't do that. What are you talking about? Um, you know, but it's been so fun. So, so much thanks to them and to Annex. I, you know, was the, um, sort of other host for years, um, at Spin the Bottle and sadly had to, I was, ended up being so busy that I thought it was best for everyone if I didn't make all of our scheduling lives so difficult anymore. Um, but I miss it a lot cause I just, I just love it so much. Um, and then, um, I did, um, Polaroid stories was like the first real kind of show I was in. And it was the first show ever that was at, um, the shack, um, RIP pour, pour one out for our homies. Um, and I played echo, um, opposite, um, 
Oh God, who was it? Uh, Mark Baker, uh, the amazing Mark Baker, and like it was just like this amazing um, David Hogan was in that, Roy Stanton, Christina Sutherland, like it was wow. this amazing, and we were in the basement, and it was before Shaq even had like the bathroom was just like a pit of sadness, and the the roof leaked into the basement, and we never left the stage, so we'd be on stage during the mission <laughs> with water just like dripping all over your body, um, but it was amazing and just like this fantastic, you know learning experience and yeah that was my first sort of um role outside of uh outside of macho or outside of um sorry uh live girls and then I started working with a lot with Macho Monkey um who I did so many great shows um with them including the cowgirl play which was one of the first um musicals that I did in town and then yeah just kind of spread out from there um Got my feet wet with SMT, doing a few musicals before I finally, like, Dillage was like, hey, we like you. And I was like, well, that seems silly. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, I when I think about, when I talk to young actors who are like, I don't know what to do. Like, I've, I auditioned What for, advice do you give them? Well, like, I auditioned for SCT for probably seven years before I finally got cast. Um, and there was a point where I got really, like down about like oh, I'm never gonna get in I'm never gonna break out and uh uh Rita who is so amazing I don't know how she knew I don't know it was the year that I was like me about it um she's like hey just before you go I really like you there are no worlds for you this year but I really like you and it was just like this like boost that I needed you know yeah and there's still like I have quite whales in this town like I there are theaters that have not hired me yet um, and it's easy yet. and it's easy. Yeah. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's easy to feel discouraged about that. Um, but having been on the other side, like, I think it helps me to know how not personal it is because it can come down to like, Oh, you're an inch taller than everyone else. That's just going to throw out the lights. You know, like there are so many variables that go into casting someone and you know I say that but of course when I don't get cast in something I can't you know I can fall into that I will never work again um but this it's cyclical right like you're gonna have bad seasons and you're gonna have great seasons you know you're gonna have seasons where it's like no one can cast you and then the next season you'll be in every show you you know imaginable or you'll be choosing between shows like it's just crazy the way that happens and and part of it is that I love doing projects that interest me, you know, like I, some of my favorite shows that I've done again have been in smaller theaters that are doing dangerous, interesting work. And some of my other favorites have been in large theaters that are doing work that would, I think, surprise people with the depth that it has, like that you can have size, but still have heart, like, which doesn't always, you know, doesn't always seem like that's going to be happening, but it's about being intentional in your work and knowing that you have to get your message across to the audience, um, whether they are right up in your face at the pocket or, you know, they're in the back of a balcony. Like, your job is the same. It's just figuring out how to send that message. Absolutely. Yeah. Great advice. Oh, thanks. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, when someone gives me a compliment, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> That's a, I think, I think, I don't know if that's a gendered, I think it's a gendered thing a little bit, but I also think it's a personality. Yeah. Uh, I'm from the Midwest and, you know, we're taught to kind of be 
women, I mean, this yeah. is probably going to sound like I'm an asshole, but <laughs> I would say generally, like, I, I taught, in the Midwest, I taught to be kind of docile, and yeah. uh, I mean, a lot of folks I went to high school and college with are within a couple hundred mile radius of where they grew up, and yeah. are already married and starting to have kids, and I'm just like, I don't, that's <laughs> not my life. I mean, it's interesting, when it, I, I was lucky enough to have parents, too, that were very supportive. I think part of it was just neither one of them are performers or have any inclinations towards that. And so, uh, they're kind of, I think they were kind of bewildered to be like, this, we made this, like, this is the person, like, and they're like belting and like larger than life. I'm so like, what the hell? I mean, but grateful. And so I think there was maybe a little bit of bewilderment or, you know, she's so tenacious, like this is going to happen. Like yeah. we we're going to get out of our, got, get out of her way. But I felt so I was frustrated that I did have peers who their parents were like, get an English teaching degree. Like, this is something that you can do on the side. But, and I hate that. I hate that. Or or people who think that a theater degree is impractical. What's impractical is if you're going to take out that much money to go to school, doing something that you don't love. Right. And I think my two cents, I should write an essay about this or something, is... <laughs> A degree in theater is one of the most practical degrees oh, you can have yeah. because you will always need to, you know, you'll always need to speak in front of people. You'll always need to collaborate. You'll always need to do project management. Like yeah. people who have theater degrees know how to get shit done. Absolutely. I mean, I do uh, with Jet City, especially we do a lot of corporate workshops where we're paid, oh. we're paid to go into like Microsoft or Amazon and teach them how to talk to each other because it's amazing how hard communication is um Andrew McMasters who's um, one of the artistic directors um is is fond of talking about like when like when people list their fears like um the number one fear is public speaking and like the number two fear is um dying yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like uh, you know like that's huge um I actually double majored in college and my parents were like I'm sorry why <laughs> But it partly was, I was just... What I, was the other major? Uh, communications, because I thought that they, I thought that they sure. would go really well, um, and I'm just a little ADD, like, I need to do other things. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know why I did that other than that I was like, I think I can pull this off, and I did, uh, in terms of, like, I graduated, but my parents were like, you could just do theater if you want. Okay, and you're cool. Uh, no, I, I think with the, like... Um, embarrassment of, like, compliment stuff. Like, I know a lot of actors like that. I do think there is a certain aspect of, as women, we are taught to, like, that whole um, thing that's going around right now with Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I love her. Right. You know. So she wrote, for, for those for those listeners who might not know, she, so Lena Dunham has a new newsletter called Lenny, mm-hmm. and Jennifer Lawrence wrote, a, wrote an essay in it about um, how, going forward, she does want to negotiate for equal pay. Uh, yeah. in, in big in big movies, to which a brilliant writer wrote a piece. Have you seen this? Which was uh, famous quotes. Yeah, that's the like Mr. Gorbachev, take down this wall. If women had to say them in a meeting, which was like Mr. Gorbachev, so this wall, like I think it would be better if it were taken down. And I'm that's not okay an engineer. I'm not an engineer, but let me just float this idea by you. <laughs> um, I think you know. I, I definitely think there is an aspect of that. But I always try to, I never want to feel, I never want to get to the point where I feel like I deserve things because I think that's dangerous. Like 
you know, I think we all know artists who somehow have developed this sense of entitlement. Um, luckily, I don't know many of those like in real life. But I never want to be that person. Like I never, like I'm constantly trying to check my privilege, both as a, a white woman in my place in the world, but also as an artist um, who has had some success. I never want to get to the point where I'm sort of turning into that bitter, like, well, they didn't cast me, so they're stupid, you know? And it's hard not to think that. Like, of course I have days where I'm like, well, fuck all y'all. Uh, but like... So taking, you know, like getting an award or taking compliments, um, is wonderful and so hum, but it's humbling, right? And, or it should be because it's, it's, uh, I never want to devolve into the, where I feel like, well, of course, because I deserved that. Like I want it to be because I worked really hard and this time it went my way, you know, because there are so many, like this year, especially like, well, last year too, like I'm just nominated against some of the most amazing women and uh, any one of us should win the award if you talk about like a should right like because each performance is so different and so nuanced and so right for that particular show right like how how do you so so I think it's such a celebration of all of us and the hard work that we've done um so yeah, so part of it is I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I'm a lady. Uh, but part of it too is I just like, it does make me feel like, what? <laughs> you like me? I don't know. That reminds me of uh, Matthew Broderick as Leo Bloom and the producers. <laughs> <laughs> I my blanket. You're gonna jump on me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hear the many voices on this podcast. <laughs> There's really been, like, ten people here the entire time. Oh, yeah. I know you were talking earlier about uh, encouraging folks to go see improv. Yes. Uh, yes. What are your recommendations of, of, of places and companies that there people can go so see? There are so many. So, uh, we are so great in that we have um, three sort of main um, improv theaters that are sort of, like, have their own space. So, Jet City, who I work for in the, in the U District, um, and one thing that when I came to town and was kind of looking at what I wanted to do, what I loved about Jet City is that they, um, they do a very theatrical narrative style. Um, so like right now they're doing a show called Black Flag, which is a, like it's an hour and a half long, um, pirate adventure. Awesome. So it's like a brand new, um, it's a brand new play every night. Um, some of my favorite shows I've done, like I, we did, um, we did a show, uh, called Austin Translation, which was, we did a Jane Austen, a brand new Jane Austen, um, book every night. So we, we created a Jane Austen style story, um, you know, or we did a show called Love Tannic, which was asked the important question, what would happen if the crew from the love boat was on the Titanic and I've always wanted to know. and it was a musical. So, um, and the thing is like that, like people would die. There'd only be one survivor. Like that was our only sort of thing that we would know is like, there's going to, we had people who were played the water. And I remember playing a character one night who my only thing was looking for my room. Um, so I just would pop in and out of scenes and could never find my room. And at the very end of the show, I found my room and the two girls came in with the water like immediately. And I refused to leave because I'd finally found my room. And this woman in the audience goes, and so I got to sing this song, like, about dying and, like, but I had found my place or whatever. And, like, people were crying, you know. Um, 
uh, Unexpected Productions, which is down um, in uh, 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 Place Market. Um, they do amazing work as well. You know, they have comedy sports or co- uh, theater sports, which is a very different um, style from what Jet City does. But they also do these amazing long form plays. Um, and comedy sports is the newest group to join. Um, and they are in Fremont. Um, and they are just fast and funny and um, young and hungry. And they do a great thing called um, a Cast of One, which I was lucky to do, um, where one improviser gets a suggestion from the audience from something that exists and they have to do a one person version of it. I did a one woman version of flowers in the attic, which was <laughs> crazy and amazing. Um, but the other great thing is that there's all of these amazing groups that have grown up out of the, um, out of the class structure. So each of these three main theaters has teaches, training programs. Has training programs. Um, and so many amazing groups have grown up, you know, because they've taken classes together and are like, this is what we want to do. And thank God for the pocket theater, which has become this home for people who are like, look, this is who we are. And there's just some amazing groups that are out right now. Like I so encourage you to go, um, and check out, um, the pocket theaters, um, website. Cause there's constantly brand new, um, uh, brand new stuff happening. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, because I just interviewed Clayton, I can tell you uh, the website is thepocket.org. That's so simple yeah, to remember, so folks. Easy. So easy. So yeah, like I, there's so many just great experiences out there. And I think that what's neat is we're all very different. And so we're all very supportive of each other. Like we cross pollinate all the time. Like we do shows at each other's theaters um, all the time. Um, because there's a new experience there. Um, and so it's, yeah, I just, I highly recommend it if you haven't. Yeah. If you're like, I don't think I like it. It's interesting to me with like, someone will see a bad improv show and they exist. I'm not going to lie. They (laughs) exist. And then be like, well, all improv is terrible, but we don't tend to do that. Like if we see a bad play, we're not like, never seen theater theater is terrible. Like it's, you know, like every experience is different. And some of the best shows I've ever seen have been improv shows. Some of the worst shows I've seen have been improv shows. That's the way it is. That's what makes it exciting, you know. But oh, get on out there, y'all. Go see some musicals. Go see some straight plays. I don't know. Shoot. As we... <laughs> I, have not, I, I agree with that, but I have nothing... <laughs> I, I cannot imitate that. So, uh, as we sort of wrap up here, I want to know what's next for you. Um... We're where where can you yeah, be seen next right? other than the Gregory Awards? Whoop, whoop. Gregory Awards, go to the Gregory Awards. <laughs> um, that's my ham horn. If you <laughs> um, I'm recovering with my knee, but I will be doing um uh, at Village in Issaquah. They're doing um a really neat show called Hello My Baby, which is mostly a um mostly a teenage cast. Um, they did it at Village Originals a few years ago. Showed the show and. Um, I remember being like, this is awesome. Uh, there's only three adults in the whole show, um, and it's being directed by Steve Tompkins. Um, oh, great. Who is the artistic director. So it will be a lot of the um, students that that uh, work with the institute, who, which I teach for. Um, but then there will be some adults in the show, and I will be um, assistant directing, um, and also will be in the show. So uh, I'm really excited. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It'll be really fun. Um, and that will be in... January, I think. Uh, and then I'm directing um, a show for uh, Village uh, Everett 
for for their um, ensemble show. They're, it's just such a great training program. Um, I've been so lucky to work with um, the Village uh, Kids Stage Program as well as Psyche Theater Northwest and with Seattle Children's Theater. Like, there's so much, and you would be blown away by the work of these kids. There are some young actors. They're, I mean, teenage actors. They are hungry. Oh, and it's so hungry. I remember I directed last year. Uh, I directed Susical up in Everett, and there were a couple times where I'd have to stop and say, um, I'm going to need you to be less good because I'm starting to feel insecure as an actor because <laughs> you are younger than me, and I'm just going to need you to tone it down a little because I'm frightened. Um, but yeah, there's just some great work that's being done in this town. Um, Yay, theater education. It's important. Yay, theater education. Uh, so, you've been an amazing guest. <laughs> I feel like I've talked, I've babbled nonstop. That's the point of a podcast. <laughs> but I was wondering if you would be willing to, uh, since you're an improviser, oh, geez, yeah. if you'd be willing to take us out and uh, improvise a theatrical Mustang song. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, theatrical Mustang song. Okay, yeah, I totally will. Um, we're gonna talk. Yeah, we'll talk. Talk the walk about theater. We're gonna muse about our views about theater in Seattle. Yeah, we're gonna talk and a walk and amuse on the views and it's gonna be a theatrical Mustang. That was so amazing! That was a horse at the end. You were. That was... I have nothing more to say. I have nothing more to say. Thank you for that. Thank you for spending some time with me. Folks, go check out the Gregory Awards and improv and just, you know. Everything. Everything. Everything Kate Iger does because it's magical. And that's all we recorded. The end.